0: O di ba pa Philippine campfire stories na yung <laughs> kwento natin ngayon? Parang tanga? Ah? Ano? Oo, oh, oh ba? Parang bago pa man, bago so, pa man magkaroon ng clone si Maine Mendoza, si Bongbong Moon.
1: <laughs> Welcome sa ating season finale. Yes! nasa holding episode natayo ng ating series yang Shapers and Shakers Personalities of Martial Law. Kami yung mga host,
2: I am Lee Candelaria, I'm Rosalito Ebro,
0: I am Aaron Malyari,
2: and I'm Vecal Porha and you are listening to podcast Conversations on Philippine History, Politics and Society.
0: Alam nyo, sure ako na ano na inexpect ng ating mga listeners na Ang huling episode natin ay tungkol sa presidente, sa sitting president ng Pilipinas, si Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos Jr. or si BBM.
2: Or at least, ano, in-expect nila na at some point, isasama natin si BBM dito sa season na to. Kasi syempre, hindi kompleto ang Marcos political dynasty without him. And by that, we mean um, those who are in power today who are already personalities of martial law.
1: Managang banggitin yan kasi baka maghanap listeners natin ng iba pang members ng Marcos Political Dynasty. So tama na siguro yung na-cover natin sa ating season na ito. No? Uh, at least, tama na at least kahit sa podcast man lang. Marami kasi tayong pag-uusapan tungkol kay BBM. Kaya simulan na natin um, yung ating conversation. Una, sa kanyang list of accomplishments in his more than 25 years of public service. Okay,
3: kung titingnan ang kanyang profile na available sa website page ng official website ng Philippine Senate, isang prominent na accomplishment raw ni BBM ay ang Ilocos Norte Power Windmill o yung Banggi Wind Farm na first in Southeast Asia. To be fair, ang phrasing sa website ay to the effect na it was BBM's good governance that attracted investments in energy generation.
0: Or pwede yung geographical characteristics ng Ilocos Norte yung naka-attract ng investment. Ano? it was a 1996 study by the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in the U.S. which identified Ilocos Norte as a feasible location for energy windmills. Tapos, uh, North Wind Power Development Corporation or NPDC ang nakipag coordinates sa World Bank to construct the windmill. I therefore conclude that literally anybody can be governor of Ilocos Norte when the mid- when the windmills were built, and it's not necessarily his efforts that led to that wind farm.
2: Aturod ng wind farm debacle nyan. Maraling questionable claims si tong at nagsilabasa na yung mga yano ng eleksyon. Pero for our finale episode, let's try and go beyond these controversies about his claims of accomplishment doon sa tagal nung kanyang panunungkulan bilang gobernador, vice governor, congressman at senador. Kasi tulad ng majority ng mga politiko sa bansa natin na ang tanging pinangahawakan lang ay ang kanilang matunog na last names, alam naman nating wala talagang masyadong achievements at accomplishment ang marami sa ating mga leaders. At hindi rin naman yung requirement sa pagiging presidente. Kasi nga ba kahit naman si Noynoy Aquino, wala din masyado nung napusyang tumakbo bilang presidente nung 2010. Perhaps mas magiging fruitful yung discussion natin kung pag-uusapan natin yung buhay ni BBM as the son of the president during martial law.
1: So itong si BBM or Bongbong Bong Marcos, Ferdinand Romualdez Marcos Jr. was born on September 13, 1957. Basta tanda lang sa kanya si Amy ng halos dalawang taon. Ipinanganak siya sa Santa Mesa, Manila, habang ang kanyang ama ay congressman ng 2nd District ng Ilocos Norte. So, like Amy lumaki siya kasabay ng meteoric rise to power ng kanyang amang si Ferdinand Marcos.
0: Halos magkalapit lang sila ni Aimee ano, pero weird enough, parang mas si Aimee yung nabigyan ng unang tikim ng politika through Kabataang Barangay. Tulad ng napag-usapan natin sa ating Amy Marcos episode, um interestingly, mas sakto yung age ni Bongbong actually para mag-head ng Kabataang Barangay. Uh, bakit kaya hindi sa kanya ito binigay? No? So, well, ayon sa account mismo ni Ferdinand Marcos, magkaiba daw kasi itong dalawang magkapatid.
3: Andun na nga tayo. Sabi mismo ni Ferdinand Sr. or ni Marcos Sr. sa kanyang diary about Amy and I quote, Aimee won the topmost honors in school in all her subjects, and her teachers were proud of her. An Ilocana teacher commented, Tipariya hangan nga, agbunga pasin tabi po sa ilokano ko. Pero it translates into an apple tree will not bear an orange fruit.
2: Mm-hmm, di ba Talino pala ni ate girl. So sa assumption yang recognition day na binabanggit ni Ferdinand Marcos noong 1970, the same year, ito naman ang sabi ni, ni, ni Marcos Sr. tungkol sa kanyang uniko iho na si Bongbong. And I quote, Imelda feels calamity has befallen us because she cannot control Bong Bong, who does who does nothing but play with his friends to the prejudice of his schooling. He has lost his star, missed two days of homework, and stayed up tonight with his two friends. It has reached the stage where I have warned him that I will throw his friends out of the palace if they are overstaying. But I feel that the boy's willpower has not developed enough. And
1: of if- Grabe na, so parang bahay talaga nila yung Malacanang, no So parang <laughs> Totoo, yeah. papalayasin ko yung mga kaibigan mo Kapag ano, overstaying sila rito so Parang wow, <laughs> hindi nyo talaga yan no? mm, so, <laughs> Pero yung nga, mga 12 years old pa lang naman si Bongbong nito So I mean, bata pa rin naman talaga So hayaan mo na maglaro, di ba? Kapag tumanda na yan at ganyan pa rin, yun yung mas malaking issue, di ba? Pero itong si Ferdinand Marcos Ay concerned nga talaga about Bongbong's education Kasi nga hindi raw talaga academically inclined so later that year, it was decided that he will be sent to England. Ito muli ang isang entry sa diary ni Ferdinand Marcos about this. And I quote, There are some criticisms, especially Max Oliven, of the decision to send Bongbong to England, but it offers the best education for a boy. In the Philippines, he is either spoiled or hated because he is the president's son, and he has to learn to stand on his own. But he has to learn Ilocano before he goes. So I may send him to the north first. End of quote. So ang tanong ko dito, natuto ba talaga ng Ilocano? Kasi according to BBM himself, his Ilocano is weak.
0: Yeah, No. so and after a few months in England, noong una raw ay tamad pa rin itong si Bongbong kasi nga nag adjust pa. Pero later, naging okay naman na raw. Sabi ulit ni Ferdinand Marcos, the father, And I quote, He had lost his darkness and he looked unbelievably handsome. He had acquired some kind of an English accent and the peculiarly English terms like frightful, dreadful, chap. He was changed much deeper than mere accent or adeptness in the English language. He now placed greater importance on his academics than on sports. He casually announced that he would have to give up his judo as it cuts into his study and work on physics. And he bragged of his being told by his master that they would recommend his elevation or acceleration in physics. He also bragged that he was third in mathematics in the class of 120. Imelda and I agreed that we made the right decision in sending him to England. End quote.
2: Parang dapat lang naman, ano, na maging maayos siya doon kasi iskolar siya ng bayan. <laughs> ba? Pera ng bayan yung parang sa kanya sa UK. Pero dito rin natin makita na merong natural na inclination si BBM na unfortunately, hindi niya mamamaximize kasi nga daw, at ito ay sabi ng kanyang anak na si Sandro Marcos, gusto raw ni BBM maging scientist talaga. Pero sabi raw ng kanyang ama na si Ferdinand Marcos Sr., walang pera dyan. So, magpolitika ka na lang. <laughs>
3: So, why uh, is, no? Although, kailangan din natin i-point out na whatever we read from Ferdinand Marcos's diary should be taken with a grain of salt. Kasi he's not totally honest din naman about his writing. Kasi alam niyang may babasa nito in the future and dapat ayusin niya or at least show a better picture of him and also his family. Anyway, going back to Bongbong, Narinig nyo na ba yung isa sa mga urban legends surrounding him? Ayon sa kwento, namatay daw yung tunay na Bong habang nasa England. Sa ibang kwento naman, sa Manila daw siya pinatay. So, ang ginawa daw ni Imelda at ni Fergie ay kumuha ng pamangkin at pinaritoke para maging kamukha ni Bong. So, ang BBM na nakikita natin ay di umano, isa na lamang clone oh my god anong masasabi niya diyan pero bago kayo mag-react break muna tayo pahinga muna
0: o oh, ba pa Philippine Campfire Stories na yung <laughs> kwento natin ngayon parang tanga ah? ano <laughs> oo oh, oh, diba parang bago pa man bago so, pa man ng clone si Main Mendoza si Bongbong Moon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ang random.
1: <laughs> Mukhang dilulo. <laughs> Delulu, Delulu. <laughs> Anyways. Nalala ko nga na nag-resurface itong story na ito 2021 when someone sought to have BBM disqualified as candidate for president. Siyempre, we take this urban legend as something that is not true. Urban legend nga eh, di ba? More than anything, I think what this urban legend tells us is how the people perceived the Marcoses and the power they wielded, and the things that they could do at that time. Imagine, retoke sa 1970s ng ganung level,
2: So So Bongbong was still in high school at Worth School when Ferdinand Marcos declared martial law. So after high school, he proceeded to the University of Oxford for his undergraduate studies. But he failed to get a degree after failing economics and politics. Kasi hindi nga raw talaga yon yung inclination niya. <laughs> so, Oxford confirmed mismo na hindi nga daw talaga siya nakapagtapos nung kanyang bachelor's degree. Pero until now, he asserts that he had a degree. And then after that, he went on to enroll in master's in business administration sa Wharton School of Business or MBA, University of Pennsylvania. So, nag ba, master's kayo, wala kang undergrad. So malamang na-hocus-pocus itong admission niya dito sa sa Wharton. But he was again not able to finish and had to withdraw from the program after he was elected as Ilocos Vice Governor in 1980.
0: But before we discuss BBM's public career, may mga interesting happenings sa kanyang pre-politician years. Isa rito yung kanyang short stint as a child star. No? So sa pelikulang iginuhit ng tadhana the ferdinand e marcos story which is a biopic in 1965 in time of marcos's campaign for presidency may eksena doon na i speech ang batang bongbong about being a politician someday
1: kasi talaga no no it's a family affair
0: totoo yan no tayo tayo lamang dito no? so true enough no so and then in 1966 bongbong Bong and Aimee were kids obviously but they were among the 400 kids waiting in the Malakanyang's music room for an exclusive meet and greet with the beatles oh, diba the biggest star nung panahon na yon yung meet and greet nila no? so the beatles would remember their manila experience as a very troubling visit Pero interesting moment itong meet and greet na ito sa malakanyang Kasi the Marcoses wanted to make it seem as if they were in with the times no? Na talagang sila ay, ay the IT family kumbaga, no? So on the day of the event, July 4, 1966 Armed with AIDS, went to the Manila Hotel to ask when the Beatles will go to Malacanang Dito na nakagulo-gulo kasi Uh, the Beatles did not know about the supposed schedule. Their manager even said that the Beatles uh, do not do official functions. So, around lunchtime, the armed aides left without the Beatles. So, sabi ng manager nila, they saw on television that the media was reporting about hundreds of kids in the palace waiting for the band. Atang sabi niya ng manager, and I quote, I would rather the boys met 300 children in India than 300 kids who just happened to be at a palace because their parents know someone. Oh.
1: Yeah, and it's true. I mean, these were kids with their parents that had political and business connections. So after four hours, it was made known that the Beatles were not arriving. And interestingly, the kids were interviewed by a newspaper. And Bongbong, at eight years old, was quoted saying, and I quote, I'd like to pounce on the Beatles and cut off their hair. Don't anybody dare me to do anything because I'll do it. Just to see how game the Beatles are. End of quote. Yeah, Bongbong at eight years old, no? And it was... It was this Malakanyang visit that did not happen that led to the maltreatment of the Beatles. They were hit with a huge tax bill, they were refused service at Manila Hotel, and an angry mob waited for them at the airport. It was clear that this was all because they snubbed the Marcoses.
3: Hindi pa nga Marshall nun eh. <laughs> so, isa pang interesting na anecdote concerning Bong is that he liked hunting daw. Kaya noong 1976, the Kalawit Safari Park was created to feature African animals. Kalawit is an island in Palawan, and it was inhabited. So pinaalis yung mga tao dito para gawing game reserve ng animals from Africa na hindi naman endangered at all. After the fall of the Marcoses, the island became known as Bongbong Safari Park. Kasi pinupuntahan daw ito ng Presidential son to hunt native wild
2: boar. Grabe talaga no, lifestyle of the rich and the famous So sa ating pagbabalik pag uusapan pa natin Yung karera Sa politika naman ni Bongbong Bong Marcos And we're back So tabagit natin kanina That Bongbong Bong got elected in 1980 As Vice Governor of Ilocos Norte so, at the age of 23. Then, in no 1983, naging gobernador siya kasi he resigned yung governor na tita niya din. <laughs> So, alain mo yon. He stayed in this position until 1986. Interestingly, Bong Bong was appointed din as chairman of the Philippine Communications Satellite Corporate Corporation or Philcomsat, noong 1985. By this time, Ferdinand Marcos, through his cronies, owned a, a whopping 39.9% share of this company, which allowed him to appoint his son. And at the time, BBM had a salary that ranged from 10,000 to 100,000 US dollars every month. So, dollars yon ano, at one buon, monthly salary yon, in the, in the annual. So, this is despite rarely visiting the Philcoms at office and having no real duties. So by the way, profitable on PhilcomSat because it was the sole agent for the Philippines linked to the global satellite network. So very unethical actually for the Marcoses to have been involved in the Philcomsat in the first place.
1: Yeah, and that's just the tip of the lavish life that BBM lived, no? It was very clear how the Marcos children benefited from the ill-gotten wealth of the family. BBM and Aimee's monthly allowance, halimbawa, while studying abroad was 10,000 US dollars. No Magkano yung stipend mo,
2: yung eh? nating
1: pag-usapan. Kaloka. Saan <laughs> and and itong, mga, itong si BBM at si Aimee, they were housed in lavish apartments And they were assigned mansions in Metro Manila and Baguio among others So it was very obvious how the Marcoses leveraged their positions in politics to amass wealth talaga. Kaya naman yung mga argument na ang kasalanan ng ama, hindi kasalanan ng anak We're not talking about small things here, ha? kasi it was the people's money that was stolen
0: ya yeah, pero ayan na nga, no? So, kung tulad ka ni BBM na lumaking naniniwala na deserve nyo yung yaman na ginagastos nyo, wala kang makikitang mali, 'di ba? For sure, sa isip ng mga Marcoses at sampu ng mga kaanak at kapamilya nila, wala silang ginagawang mali which makes it more infuriating. As historians kasi, we saw how the family ransacked the country. We saw the effect based na rin sa ating pag-aaral ng na kasaysayan.
3: Naalala ko tuloy nung mga huling araw ng EDSA Revolution, nakasuot ng military, Fatih si <laughs> So, handa daw kasi siya talagang mangyera, lumaban, hmm. at pinush pa nga niya hmm. yung tatay niya na atakihin at pasabugin ng kamkrame, Despite sa dami ng tao or sibilyan na doon. Hindi po maayag si Marcos Sr. kasi kahit naman may sakit na yon nag-iisip pa rin siya.
2: And then later, after their family was exiled here in Hawaii, PBM participated in an attempt to withdraw $200 million from a secret family bank account sa Switzerland. So, nakatunog yung Swiss government. So, the bank account was frozen. So, mahaba pa itong kwento ng ill-gotten wealth ng mga Marcos. At after mamatay ni Ferdinand Marcos papayagang bumalik ang pamilya niya sa Pilipinas para harapin yung mga charges sa kanila. And Bongbong wasted no time to establish the Marcos political dynasty in Ilocos. So siya yung unang mahalal na Marcos post-EDSA. Uh, perhaps emboldened by his local victory, he ran for senator in 1995 pero at the time natalo siya, placing 16th. Mataas pa rin, ano?
1: Mm, true mataas rin yun to think na isinuko sila ng taong bayan less than a decade ago no and in the same year 1995 BBM attempted to push a deal with the Philippine government to keep a quarter of the ill-gotten wealth that has yet to be recovered from them and of course the Philippine Supreme Court said no, no? syempre no diba ang, ang tanga lang din ang attempt ng settlement na ito no? pero yun nga yung point no? bakit nakikipagsettle ibig sabihin mm-hmm. may ninakaw talaga
0: yeah, Toto and since then he has never left the political limelight until we get to the present. He is the sitting president. What a ride for the Marcoses, right? No? So kung isipin mo, ang daming highs and lows ng istorya ng pamilya nila. An saya ng sundan kumbaga ang ang entertaining ba pwedeng pang Netflix series na so parang Breaking Bad or Narcos 'di ba no so or The Borgias kanya na so until you realize na isang bansa yung ninanakawan nila at ang malala one way or another apektado tayong lahat kasi bansa natin to
3: true so iniisip ko nga minsan ano po bang interest ng mga Marcoses para magkaroon ng ganitong katinding inclination na no, for power Tapos naisip ko rin, syempre, kailangan nilang protektahan yung mga sarili nila. Mas madaling gawin yan kapag nasa power ka, diba?
2: Totoo. And despite decades of effort, the Philippine Commission on Good Government, or PCGG, has only recovered one hundred and seventy four point two billion pesos. So malaki siya, pero barya lang yan. Kung ikukumpara sa conservative estimate, na P10 dolyar, na total na ninakaw ng mga Marcoses. Sabi nga ni Walden Belio, Perhaps it will be easier for Marcos to access this hidden wealth stashed somewhere in the world now that he is president. And this also explains why Marcos is friendly with the West, because much of his wealth was hidden in Western countries.
1: So it seems mahaba pa ang kwento ni Bongbong. Mahaba pa at marami pa ang kanilang pera din kasi. So handa, handa, handa silang pondohan yan, ano? So, pero... Unfortunately for us, hanggang dito na lang muna tayo. Tutuldo ka na muna natin dito for this episode. Sabay-sabay nating abangan. Ano pa ang mangyayari sa kanya at sa ating bansa? Maraming salamat sa ating mga listeners sa pakikinig at pagsubaybay sa podcast for this season. I know that it took us a while for us to come back. But we hope that you enjoyed this 12-episode uh, season.
0: Pansamantala, muna natin ulit na tayo ay magpapaalam for a break at magbabalik next year para sa ating regular season. When we come back, itutuloy natin ang ating kwentuhan this time tungkol naman sa mga personalities ng EDSA Revolution.
3: Painga muna kasi ang dami ko pang tsechikang papel. Hindi, bire lang. Pero habang inaabangan niyo yung next season ng podcast, balikan niyo muna yung mga naunang episodes at season namin. Follow nyo na kami sa aming mga social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, at YouTube.
2: And you can also visit our website, that's podcast.org. Magkita kayo tayo muli sa susunod na season. Asa ngayon, stay safe and as always, have a good day.